Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. And today we get to celebrate something special. It's something that's happened already, actually. So we're looking to the past. Yes, it is a belated happy 50th episode to this podcast. Oh, 50. So congratulations, Craig. Happy 50th episode. Thanks for thinking this up and for producing it. Thank you for taking the time weekly out of your schedule to prepare answers to questions and, uh, you know, and, and just for opening up your your mouth with wisdom wow it's so that good. is so overstated but thank you <laughs> yeah it's a, it's been a lot of fun it and has so been it, man it's it, it's um it's fun and so the 50th actually was with yeah. jeff that was when we yeah. had a guest that's right so he he got to uh we should have said like for our 50th yeah. ep- episode we're we're, we got a special guest yeah we do but we totally missed that. No, yeah, we it went over my head. Anyway, so but that's exciting, man. Because so, when we first started, we weren't sure. You know, would we just do this for the I Sermon know. on the Mount series, or yeah. you know, or would we keep going and still going? Yeah, it seems like it's been a really cool thing, and if nothing else, it's been fun to just get together and and talk. So. I have enjoyed being with you and doing this, and uh, yeah. thanks to those who have. Uh, Who've listened? Yeah, for somebody, sure. Somebody Sunday morning said that it was really helping them, so that was encour- oh, encouraging to, to me. It's really so good. it's uh, it's great to uh, great to do it and uh, yeah. great to respond when folks have questions and when they don't to just talk about what we want to talk about. Yeah, it's great to have freedom, man. It is. It's a beautiful. <laughs> um, thing. Another thing I want to mention is that this podcast and the Church Sermons podcast is now officially up on iHeartRadio. Uh, oh, so my. if you listen to iHeartRadio or use that app. For your podcasts and music, there you go. So how else can you get this? On Spotify, on iTunes, and I am still working on Stitcher because I loaded up our RSS feed with them and then they came back and like, hey, you have all these issues, fix them. And I said to myself, I don't know enough to know even what you're complaining about. (laughs) No, is Stitcher, is that like for Android people or something? uh, No, I don't think so. I think it's just another uh, another podcast podcast. company. I didn't know they, if it was an alternative to iTunes well they, or something. Yeah, it's an alternative. They do, um, they produce their own podcasts and stuff. Uh, they, uh, yeah, so, uh, but they also host. Yeah. So I know a lot of people. So now we're on iHeartRadio. You know, we might be nominated for a Grammy next year. I hope so. I yeah, hope they invite us to the iHeartRadio Fest and do a live <laughs> podcast. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on that. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll have a giveaway and take someone with us, a couple That's tickets great. to come to the uh, love iHeartRadio. Yeah, it's good out of Very the good. abundance of our budget. Yeah, there you for go. The podcast. Well, still, still hoping for, I think, a Grammy. I think we got a shot. I think so. It probably wouldn't be a Grammy. This isn't music, but no, I don't know be, what it would be. Uh, I don't a know. potty? A potty. <laughs> I want a potty. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. the worst award ever. I want a potty. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, we didn't get any questions this week, um, and that I'm attributing that to just the clarity of your preaching. It was so crystal preaching. clear. Yeah. What, what question would be left? Hey, could I share something? Yeah, I would love to. I did not too. say text in your questions. And that's just always, even though the number's up there, it's just a reminder. Yeah. We're just, when you say it, text, somebody does it. Yeah. I didn't say it yeah. and nobody did it. Well, it's because but we have some of our own questions. Well, here's the problem with that is when we put it up on the screen, that's great. But people are so entranced with you being up there Brother, on the stage is, and like, that is anathema, you know, please. Uh, just, wow. What is he about to yeah, say please. that they don't even look at the screens, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have no response, but no, oh, I, it, so I, it helps to say something sure. and, and, and it's just a reminder. So sure. we didn't say anything, but we were questioning ourselves. I had questions about what I said. Yeah. So. I, I thought maybe I could answer some of your <laughs> yeah, questions. Thank you. I, you know, hey, when, when I when preached the guy on this, this, I didn't really yeah. know what I meant. What? Yeah, could you help me out? <laughs> That's funny. No, but I, I think there's some really great things that we can discuss okay. from your, your sermon. And, uh, just thank you for that. I think it's such an important topic. Just this whole series that we're in the remember mm-hmm. of what does it mean to be a part of the church? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a part of the body of Christ and what is it actually like what is going on when we gather and when we do church, you know, what does that look like? And so I think it's been incredibly helpful. Um, but I, you know, let's dive into a few of these topics like the Lord's supper, um, and, uh, you know, a few of those other things that we touched on. Uh, and as a reminder to you, our listeners, you can text in your sermon related questions to four, six, nine, five, seven, three, two, nine, two, zero, or you can email that into podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org and we'll get those here. 
Um, so why don't we jump in with this first one? Let's talk through this. Um, you, you talked about, you know, the presence of God right. in the gathering and you specifically po- touched on a couple things, one of which was the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it'd be helpful to ask, you know, does saying we hear God through preaching equate preaching with scripture too much? Yeah. You know, is there a danger in saying that or, or you know, where's the balance in that? Yeah, that's a really good question because I I I, uh, I balanced it some, but I was trying to make a pretty strong point just from the fact where uh, you know, we're talking about Second Timothy, where Paul tells Timothy to herald the word, announce the word, proclaim the word, preach the word. Those kind of his closing charge to Timothy on the heels of telling him that that word is the God breathed message. It is inspired, uh, the word of God, authoritative, and so herald that authoritative word into indicating that his hearers are to hear what, you know, ultimately from God. And so I I made the point that uh, preaching is not just talk about God, but it is talk from God. Biblical preaching, true preaching, uh, an accurate um, preaching of the scripture is talk from God. And I took that from the herald idea that you're, the herald is just a messenger bringing the message from uh, ultimately the king. But this is actually elsewhere in scripture. This comes out, this idea that, that the preaching of God's word is uh, God's word in a sense. There's a sense in which uh, we hear God's word from from the preached word. So one example of this would be Romans 10. And uh, in Romans 10, uh, it says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And the ESV says, how will they believe in him of whom they have never heard and how will they believe in him? I'm sorry. And how will they hear without a preacher? So the ESV says, you know, how are they going to believe in Jesus of whom they've never heard? But there's a little asterisk, uh, not a little asterisk, a little, uh, what do you call it when the number's up high? Not a a, a superscript, not uh, a subscript. What's the opposite? No, it's a, wouldn't it be superscript? Superscript, yeah. There's a superscript number. And if you go down to your notes, uh, it'll give you an alternative reading. And it's how the New American Standard translates this. This, this is kind of mind-blowing. The New American Standard, which is arguably the, the most literal uh, translation, um, it's wooden at point. It's so literal, it's wooden at points. It doesn't read as well, I don't think, as the ESV, but is uh, easily. But this is what the uh, NASB says. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have never not heard? Mm-hmm. And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they believe in him whom they've not heard. That's interesting. And how they hear that a preacher. So the, the line, and that is the most literal uh, rendering of that text. Yeah. And so what Paul is saying is, how are people going to believe if they haven't heard Jesus? And how are they going to hear Jesus if they don't hear him through a preacher? Now, mm. obviously they could read the scripture, but yeah. if they don't have the scripture. So he's saying the declaration of the gospel is the word of God to people. Yeah. Um, it, we read the text in First Thessalonians 2 that where Paul is commending the Thessalonians, uh, the Thess- Thessalonians, rather. Uh, he's commending them. It's been a long time since we're in that book. I forgot what they're called. <laughs> but he's commending them because they didn't receive the word as the word of men, but they received it as it is, the word of God. Yeah. So this is not, I don't want to overemphasize this, like mm-hmm. the preachers don't make errors. Certainly I do. Yes, the preachers are fallible. They preach things that aren't true I, yeah. I at, at times, hopefully accidentally or inadvertently. But we all grow in our understanding of truth. It's yeah. not to say that, but the point is when they're accurately preaching the scripture, it, it lands on us as the word of God. Uh, the second Helvetic confession, which is uh, from the 1560s, I believe, um, is a, is a common reformed confession. And this is what it says. The, um, let me pull it up here. I have it. Uh, here we go. It, the second Helvetic confession, uh, starts out, uh, with the scripture, the doctrine of the scripture, it's a confession of faith and it starts with scripture. It has two paragraphs on scripture. And then the third paragraph, this is what it says. The preaching of the word of God is the word of God. Mm. Wherefore, when his word is now preached in the church by preachers lawfully called, we believe that the very word of God is proclaimed and received by the faithful. It goes on to say, even Mm. if he's evil and a sinner, nevertheless, the word of God remains still true and is good. Mm. So even at one, and it says the person needs to be duly lawfully called. It's it's saying that the person needs to be someone appropriately ordained to the ministry of preaching. Um, But 
even if that person's, you know, kind of wacky personally in some ways, if they're <laughs> preaching the true word of God, it is the word of God. So that, mm. that is a, it's just an astounding thing. Yeah. Um, and so we are to be Bereans that the Bereans were the people in the book of Acts that did better than, uh, you know, the, the other churches because they studied what Paul said to see if what he said was actually true in the scripture, yeah. studied the scripture. So uh, I didn't, you know, pull this truth out, this theological truth out on Sunday, just sort of like, man, I don't feel like people are listening to me. <laughs> and so I'm going to, I'm going to give them the old, this is the word of God speech. And now, well, now they'll oh, listen. There it is. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> I didn't, not at all, but just, to say, let's be true to scripture. Let's be true to Romans yeah. 10. Let's be true to first Thessalonians two. Uh, let's be true to the way the, the church and reformed church in particular has believed this. And that's why, um, and let's pray for our preachers that they yeah. are accurate, that they do do the truth. And that's why yeah. I try to use humor. I try to share stories from my life and sure. try to be real, but, but, but I take it very seriously. I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm a talk show host, a comedian, uh, yeah. an MC. Um, none of these things. I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be heralding and I'll be held accountable as will all the preachers in our church yeah. um, and everywhere be held accountable as Paul told Timothy but in the presence of God and before Jesus who comes to judge the living and the dead the dead preach the word yeah. there's a fearful accountability for the messenger that you don't like if you were that medieval town crier guy who comes in and says hear ye hear ye by you know uh, by virtue of the, by, by the words of the king or whatever mm -hmm. and then to go back and the king says well what did you tell him well you know I know I had what you said but I kind of decided to tell him this to make it a little more creative. And, you know, I don't think the King's very happy with that. Wait a minute. Yeah. All, your job was to deliver a message and that right. was all your job was. Right. Um, and, uh, how much more yeah. the heavenly King. Um, yeah. so, so again, our church is great in this way. And, uh, people do raise concerns with me at points. Hey, what do you mean by that? Sometimes it's a clarification. Sometimes it's something they text in for us to answer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a disagreement. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I read it that way or I, I I'm, where did, why do you think that? And, uh, that's fine. We welcome that. You, I appreciate when somebody's listening carefully and asking questions and we haven't had, we don't have people that are picky and trying to, you know, every jot and tittle of everything yeah. raise a concern. <laughs> we've got, we've got really gracious people in our church leaning yeah. in. Yeah, but I do really appreciate good. when somebody asks a question like they do on this podcast and mm -hmm. we're accountable. So ask the questions. Uh, but let's understand that the event when the word is accurately proclaimed is, uh, the preaching of the word of God is the word of God. It's God's word to us and it lands on us um, with a power. And I think as someone who doesn't preach all the time, I hear other preachers. And so I heard Jeff two weeks ago, I was yeah. able to give a good illustration Sunday. Hey, last week I'm sitting there listening to him. Yeah. But you even know this when I'm listening to him, there's certain points where I feel like, uh, yeah, there's a guy up there and he's got a personality and, mm -hmm. you know, he's engaging and, but God's saying something to my soul through that scripture he's yeah. teaching. Yeah. And you know when that happens. It's yeah. not the dude, it's the Lord, right. you know, who's speaking to you. And uh, that's what we want. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's really important to, to share what you just shared because I think that there's kind of knee-jerk reactions yeah. on a topic like this yeah. where, especially as people that are Protestant and as people who, um, at least in our church, tend to be more reformed. Yeah, right. So there's a big tendency to, you know, you're not the Pope, you don't right. have some kind of special authority. Right. Um, you know, what you say is not scripture. You know, right. that kind of differentiation. Priest of the between, believer, we hold that highly. Priest of the believer, we're all priests before the Lord, we hold that highly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and not to say that, you know, we, we would ever... I guess no one would probably say there's nothing special going on in the in the sermon, but there'd be a strong emphasis of saying, you know, are, are you trying to say that the sermon itself yeah. is inspired? Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. not. Only yeah, the word yeah. of God is right, authoritative, right, right. that kind of thing. Um, but that's, I feel like that's that lack of balance that we can sometimes just take yeah. all the all the work of the spirit out of something and just make it complete. No, this is just this. Yeah. You know, their only authority is in the word of God. There's nothing special going on here. God sure. isn't working in this or however you want to say it. But sure. I think it's really helpful for you to share that, especially what the, what the confession was saying is just when, when the word of God is preached accurately, accurately right. Uh, it, it's the word of God, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's authoritative, um, not because of who's preaching, but not because of all. what is being preached. Because of what's being preached. Um, and, and the Lord uses that. That's the power to convert a soul is when yeah. someone is uh, proclaiming the yeah. good news and announcing the good news of what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. There is a power in that. And I think I, I'm with you. I want to have a high view of a I man. I don't want to at all um, 
mess with the doctrine of uh, the authority of Scripture. We right. that very yeah. highly. But th- this is part of, of that doctrine. That's right. what's in yeah, that confession exactly, yeah. starts with the doctrine of Scripture. This yes. is part of it. When that is yeah. proclaimed, that's the effect and the power of the Word. Yeah. And, I, and I do want to be subjective here and say that I do believe you can sense that at points mm-hmm. where you can sense... Th- it, this is what the Lord said to me. When you walk out, you know, our goal would be, all the preachers in our church, the goal would be when you walk out, we don't want somebody to say, that was a great sermon. Uh, it, you know, that was a funny story or that was a tear jerking story or sure. um, that was a great outline. You know, we want people saying, I encountered the Lord. Yeah. And really, what did the Lord say to you through his scripture today? That's really the yeah. question um, that we want to walk out. What did the Lord say to you Yes, a guy was up there proclaiming, but what did the Lord say to you through his scripture? What landed on your heart and your soul? And I think mm-hmm. the Lord takes takes his preached word and you can sense that when man, the God is here and yeah. uh he's uh he's speaking to me. I read up but uh, the preacher Martin Lloyd Jones, who was a f- reformed guy, but a lot of reformed people got nervous with him because his his <laughs> view of the Holy Spirit and his power was not uh uh, not as narrow as some reformed folk would sure. be. Um, have you ever heard him recorded preach? I have Martin heard Richards? a couple of times. Yeah, now, yeah. I think it was on Amazon Prime. There's actually a uh, a documentary on. Him. Oh, is there? Okay, yeah, cool. I wanted to watch it. But he, I, I read, I read about him. So I read a book about him, and the person was saying um, that when he would, pre- I had never heard him. Mm-hmm. But they said when he would preach, there'd be times when there was just an awareness of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, speaking through the text of Scripture in a pronounced unusual way. Yeah. And, but it would be just like, I think they called it the, the, if I can say the word right, the afflatus of the spirit. It means the filling of the spirit. So mm-hmm. he was like, he'd be filled. There was a sense of the spirit of God speaking through the proclaimed word in an mm-hmm. unusual way. And then, uh, so I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And yeah. I, and I went and heard him some old recording of him preaching. And I, I had the experience, you know, I don't know, 40 years later, or however long, probably this is the fifties. And I heard this in the, so 50 years later, um, I'm hearing a recording and I do think there's something about live pro- proclamation that's unique, mm-hmm. that's different than on a, uh, on a recording. That's more of a personal view. I don't have a scripture on that. But anyway, yeah. I was listening to a recording and I, I could experience exactly what the author was talking about. Mm-hmm. He's just, he was like, he was just kind of talking along and then he read the scripture and started making some application from it, from it. And I was like, I felt like my soul was laid bare before wow. the word of God, you know? And so yeah. that's what we desire. We want to hear mm-hmm. from the Lord. We want to honor the Lord. Preachers come and go. Yeah. Um, individuals come and go. We're thankful for individuals. Yeah, I'm thankful for you. You're thankful for me. We're thankful for our friends, uh, everyone who serves us. We're yeah. thankful for them on Sunday. Yeah. But but it is the Lord who uses. And so that, that was the case I was trying to make Sunday is this is, this is an event that the Lord mm-hmm. is working through. Yeah, that's good. And th- things again, uh, you kind of opened up a little bit about kind of the, the responsibility you yeah. have as a preacher. And I think that's really helpful for people to hear, not because anyone is, you know, I, I think everyone in our church sees your heart and, and definitely trusts you and appreciates your, your ministry and your, your shepherding heart. Um, but it is true of many that, that they've heard a sermon like this mm-hmm. in order that the preacher can give themselves you know, a little bit of self-serving authority over people around them in maybe a manipulative sure. way or whatever. And so, sure. um, I just feel like any, any time there's that, that, you know, just you sharing what you shared was just super helpful to hear that there's a balance there of, you know, you're called to preach, mm. uh, and you're called to, you, you know, you're not supposed to do that in any kind of weak manner, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're mindful of, of the responsibility you yeah, have. Yeah. Fear of the Lord. the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, don't let many really of you be helpful. teachers. James says you'll yeah. have a, you'll have a, a stricter judgment yeah. for you're accountable for what you yeah. teach. So, well, yeah, thanks and, for sharing that. Well, man. thank you. And I would just say that to ask for prayer as well, because yeah. I don't ever, I don't think I've ever done this. I don't ever talk talk about what it's the pre well, the kind of stuff I'm talking about here. It's not normal conversation, sure. but, uh, but I, I think that, uh, the, the need for prayer is I, I feel that every Sunday because, uh, I mean, I feel it all the week while I'm preparing. So yeah. I just appeal to whoever listens to this. I, I think they're all from our church. Yeah. Well, we know we have one listener in California who wrote yeah. us, but there you go. <laughs> I think they're all from our church, but he's a friend. So he'll, he'll do this as yeah. well. I, I would just ask to pray, you know, pray for whoever's yeah. preaching. And, uh, we'll talk about that later in the, podcast maybe, but uh, how we can prepare for Sunday. But I think we do yeah. do want to pray. Can I so, ask you yeah. a follow-up? You can ask anything. Uh, you know, 
on this topic of you as a preacher, you as a pastor and kind of the responsibility you have before the Lord, how do you deal with it? How do you, um, and not, and you know, I don't mean that, <laughs> I guess that could sound flippant, but how do you, uh, manage the, that, that responsibility as someone who's called to preach, someone who's called to serve. Um, and I'm sure that as a preacher, sometimes there are temptations of, wow, I'm up here. People are listening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you, I, I guess, just as a Christian man, how do you manage that responsibility before the Lord? Well, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, I, th- I feel like it is a challenge because any, and, and, and this is not just true for preachers. This is true for anything. Anytime you're yeah. on a platform yeah. of any sort, uh, or a virtual platform if mm. you're on, on, have an online hashtag you, you, influencers. Yeah, exactly. In case you're an influencer, <laughs> or, but in, in your, in, in your workplace, if you have yeah. a, a leadership responsibility for others or, uh, or some kind of, uh, I mean, we're not a big church or anything like that, but th- some kind of visibility, even if it's a visibility among the, the five people you work with or whatever, anytime there's that, there's always the temptation. And I feel this regularly to be thinking, asking about, you know, to wonder um, how are others people assessing me, viewing me, mm. uh, judging me, um, receiving whatever it is I'm doing? And uh, so that I, I think that the temptation that I feel uh, over the years I've faced now, I, I still face it. I will say after years and years, it's it becomes a battle that uh, in some ways never goes away, but becomes easier in mm. some ways. Uh you know, part of growing older, I find it's not just that you become more holy. And so you have given to the fear of man, whether think less, you just don't give a rip <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> I do give a rip though. So, and, and I say that, and I feel like I don't give a rip until I get a critique that I think's unfair. Like, mm. Hey, you know, somebody said that they thought you were saying this, that, or the other, and that, that, that you were blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, that's not what I thought, you know? And I, I feel something rise up in, yeah. in me to defend my holy name, you know? Sure. So I, I do feel like, that, uh, that I can be, uh, I can be tempted to wonder how, how something's, um, landing on folks. There, there are times, um, you know, I, I love it when folks are responsive. Um, but there's times folks are quieter, not because it's a pensive moment, but because maybe this isn't going so well, (laughs) maybe it wasn't (laughs) funny or maybe that, you know, I don't know. Uh, and, uh, so there are times when I can be tempted to evaluate it. How's this going or afterwards, how's it going? Or, um, who was it that said, there's a, there's a famous singer that made a statement that like, you know, I can get a hundred compliments and one unfair, critique wipes it out. I have never felt that, but mm. I do feel like I can, so that's not my ratio, nothing like that, but I can feel like, uh, three to one, <laughs> I could get three compliments, but the, but what I would walk away with is the one, especially I would say what I view as an unfair critique. If somebody yeah. has a critique that's, uh, sincere, mm. uh, and helpful. Uh, I find that easier. It's yeah. like, Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Or I wish I, Oh yeah. I mean, mm. I think I let some, I think I did say that wrong and I think I could have been misunderstood or, um, and, uh, so, but I find, okay, this is helpful. It's when somebody, when something's, uh, when something's, you know, unfair and mm-hmm. somebody told me their relative came and, and walked out because they thought I was saying something and they told me what they thought I was saying. And it was not what I meant to say. Mm. I, I was like, Oh man, Oh, can I talk to your relative? And <laughs> instead of just trusting the Lord, I'm worried. Yeah. What do they think about me and us yeah. as a church? And sure. so I, I can, I can, uh, I, I certainly just have to say, Lord, this is for you. It's an audience of one. Um, though that one does show up in our midst, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, the audience is moving in our midst and, and, you know, touching people. So I think I, it's an audience to one. I want to glorify the Lord at the end of the day. All that matters is faithfulness and love for others, faithfulness to the word and love for his people, love for the Lord. Yeah. And if, if the church dwindles because of it, or if the church blows up, that's all sick. That's all the Lord. Uh, it's, it's faithfulness that yeah. he calls us to. And that's not just me. That's whatever your role is yeah. in life. It's, it's the call to faithfulness. Yeah. So yeah, there are, I used to really, I, I used to be, you know, get much more, um, less relaxed going into the preaching mm. events, worried about how things were going to go or yeah. what that, how's that going to go? How's that going to, you know, is this going to make sense? Is this sure. going to affect folks or folks going to respond to this? Or, you know, if we say, Hey, here, give some kind of response or people going to respond. So I used to think that as I was younger, that used to weigh on me more, but yeah. that's all very self-focused, very me centered. Mm. And it's really an idolatry that says, um, 
that I want people to be um, aware of me rather than aware of God. Mm. And, I, and that's not what I want. That's not what any preacher wants, but it's the temptation. Yeah, that's insightful. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, Sorry sure. to take us on a no, no, that's bunny good. trail, but that's, that's, I, you know, that's I good. think that's really helpful yeah. to hear. Well, hopefully it applies because we all have that in our lives. Yeah, we're, all, absolutely. we're all craving the approval yeah. and the respect of others. Yeah. And you don't know it until you don't get it. So you think, oh, yeah. no, I, I'm not craving my boss's approval until he recognizes someone else for what you did. And then, oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait a minute. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, does anybody, does everybody here uh, know? You know so until you don't get what you, you don't know you crave something until yeah. you don't get it. And then you go, yeah. Oh, there's something active yeah. in the heart. Well, that's really true. I mean, we're all called to steward influence of yes, some kind, uh, whether it's just in our families or, yes. you know, I, I imagine some of us probably were raising our hands saying like, no, nah, I'm like the new guy at work. Yeah, I have yeah. no influence here. It's like, man, there's someone around you. Yeah, there's someone right. in your circle that yeah. you have influence. And so absolutely, um, really important to ask those questions. But man, thank you for that. Sorry to sure, no, take us there. Let's go ahead and move on. How about that? Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk about this. You touched on the Lord's Supper on Sunday, and we normally call it communion or, you know, lots of different words for it. But um, I I thought it was helpful, you know, what you shared, but I thought it'd be even more helpful to kind of talk about the different views of of communion and why we believe what we believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so what are those different views of the Lord's Supper? Yeah, um, I... I, uh I do think it's important. And I think we, most of us have probably some kind of preconception that we grew up with if we grew up in church or um, maybe from our experience or background. So what I said Sunday was, and I didn't mean this in any way to uh, certainly disrespect anyone from a Roman Catholic background or a practicing Roman Catholic that happened to be in the room for that matter. But I did talk about the fact that we don't hold the Roman Catholic view, right? Uh, which is a view called transubstantiation. And if you just think about the English there, uh, trans obviously we know means to change and substantiation, you know, I don't know what, the, what I guess it probably comes from a Latin word that I'm guessing means substance. substance. Yeah. <laughs> so change substance, transubstantiation. Um, and so that's That's the view that in the mass, when the priest says, this is my body, uh, the bread and the wine actually become uh, the physical body and blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, so there's a number of reasons that I wouldn't embrace that or that our church wouldn't embrace Mm -hmm. that. Probably the greatest problem, the, the reason I don't believe that is is not just because, well, that sounds, you know, someone could say, well, that sounds a little mystical and hmm. I'm, I'm actually advocating for something a little mystical. So, sure. uh, you know, we're talking about all this presence of God stuff. Uh, so I, I'm not, uh, that's not the reason, but it really has to do with what that represents is that it is a re-sacrificing of Christ right. in a sense. Yeah. And so the sacrifice of Christ in one way is repeated where in Hebrews 9 uh, says that he offered a sacrifice once and for all. Yes. And, we, and we we receive a deep assurance yeah. that he offered a sacrifice once and for all and he sat down yeah. at the right hand of the Father. You That's know? right. And uh, so for Protestants, it's been viewed as a repeated sacrifice, which is like the old covenant, you yeah. know, uh, that there was repeated sacrifices. Yeah. But the, the very... The very nature of the new covenant is that once and for all, it is finished is what he said, Mm -hmm. you know. And so we want to maintain that. Um, And I but I think secondly, when Jesus says, which he does at the Lord's Supper, this is my body and this is my blood. uh, I think it very clearly in that instance is symbolic because he is physically there with them. I mean, when he says, this is my body, his body is in the, they're looking at his body, you know? So it's, it's, uh, there is a distinction between his physical body and blood and the elements at the last supper itself, you yeah. know? So when he says, this is my body, everyone watching there is not assuming, uh, I don't believe a, you know, that what he means is literal, but, uh, but he, that he is there, that it's, it's, um, it represents, um, which doesn't mean it's not spiritually present, but it it represents the physical elements represent um, his body and yeah. bread, but they're not actual. So that would be a change of substance, mm-hmm. transubstantiation, which is a significant break um, between the reformed, you know, the reformers that broke away from the Roman Catholic Church uh, and uh, and Roman Catholics is how uh, how communion is understood. Yeah. Okay. Another view would be the Lutheran view, um, which is. I guess, I don't know how, I haven't, uh, I have some modern Lutheran friends. I haven't asked them if they hold this view, uh, but it's oftentimes called consubstantiation. So Luther 
he didn't he didn't go with the Roman Church. He was definitely um, had a different view of the Lord's Supper, uh, but he still believed that the language "This is my body" must, in some sense, be literal. So he said the bread doesn't actually become the physical body of Christ, uh, but that the physical body of Christ is quote in with and under the bread of the Lord's yeah, Supper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, he was, you know, he broke away, but he he didn't completely leave the nest on that one, you might yeah. say. Um, so what does that mean that it's in, with, and under? Uh, Wayne Grudem, who wrote a systematic theology that's commonly used, he comments on this and he says, you know, it's kind of like an example that's often used is that Christ's body is present in the bread as water is present in a sponge. Mm. Water is not the sponge, but present in, with, and under the sponge. Hmm. A sponge, um, uh, you know, wherever the sponge is present, the water is present in that instance. So they're distinct, it's not, you know, but, but there's still something going um it's more literal there. It's consubstantiation be with the same substance. So the, the key question is, how is Christ physically present wherever uh, the supper is shared there? If Jesus is in, with, and under, and his substance is in some way there, how how is he physically present at many places all over the world? I, I don't think the scripture teaches the uh, universality or, I don't know, the ubiquity yeah of the physical body of Jesus. It sounds almost like panentheism. Is it panentheism? Is that what it is? I, just the, the belief oh, that God, that in, God is and, and in everything, in everything and around everything. Well, at least in that, I'm not, I'm not, I think Luther would say just in the host or in, in the, I'm not sure what the word is in the bread and the cup. Okay. So that's, that's a, a view a little bit different. The reform, the reformers, um, and among them, Calvin had a view called the, it's called off called the spiritual presence or the spiritual real presence or the real spiritual presence mm-hmm. of Christ. And so they argue that the bread and wine does not change into the body and blood of Christ, um, nor contra Luther, nor does it contain the body and blood mm-hmm. in some way, but that they are a visible sign of Christ's presence. So here was a quote I had, I I edited it out of my uh, sermon because I didn't know if everybody would like me if I said it. No, just kidding. (laughs) If you just tuned in, that's a joke from the previous question. I thought we just talked about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, No, this is a quote from Calvin. This is an interesting one. This is is used in a number of places. I've seen this several places before, but he says, the godly ought by all means to keep this rule. Whenever they see symbols appointed by the Lord to think and be persuaded that the truth of the thing signified is surely present there. For why would the Lord put in your hand the symbol of his body except to assure you of a true participation in it? Hmm. So he says it is a it is a uh, it is uh, it. What it points to is real. So it's, he's saying that um, the thing signified is present. Doesn't mean it's his body's literally present or f- actually present, but there is some sense in what the symbol points to. You are to be assured of a true participation. And that's why the mm. First Corinthians 10 passage we read is, are, are, you know, you're partaking of the body of Christ. You're fellowshipping, communing with the body of Christ. So it's different than the bread becoming Christ's body or containing his body. The reform view is uh, is the spirit believing that God is spirit is present uh, to do all kinds of things to remind us to comfort us to um, you know speak truth to us mm-hmm. the, 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 the uh, communion is called visible uh, the sacraments called visible words you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, visible words. Is that right? Yeah. So anyway, so I, that's the case I was trying to make sun, uh, Sunday is that the elements symbolize not the physical, but the spiritual presence. Christ is uh, present with us in a unique view. And probably the other, the fourth view that folks in our church may hold uh, would be the what's kind of sometimes called the memorial view, which is the idea that if the Roman Catholic Church uh, emphasizes this is my body, the memorial view emphasizes do this in remembrance of me. Um, and so it's, it's sort of only a remembrance. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a memorial. It's, we're remembering what he did. It's only a picture. It's, I've heard people use the illustration of, you know, baptisms like my wedding ring. It's Mm -hmm. just, or Lord's Supper is like my wedding ring. It's just a symbol of a relationship. And, um, 
It is that. It, it is do this in remembrance of me. It right. is something to remember. But there right. is this sense as well that we are partaking of the work of Christ yeah. uh, in a very real way, that he is He is present with us in that to nourish our souls by the when we receive it by faith, mm. by the truth. And, and I think that's important, too. We have to receive this by faith. We have to believe and trust in the truth of the gospel, which this represents, yeah. and then God meets us. Yeah. So it's not... I don't, I don't believe it's separate. I believe it in, in, we have to incorporate faith, but yeah. so anyway, those are, those are kind of four views and, um, uh, it, you know, you can, I, I sort of went back and looked at Grudem a little bit and saw how he laid them out and, uh, that, that, I was cribbing some of his, uh, his stuff there, but that's, that's historically how I've always thought, how it was taught me when I first heard the four, yeah. four views, there yeah. may be nuances of each of those. Sure. Um, that was good. That was yeah. helpful overview of those. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as a church, um, we don't necessarily take some specific stance, obviously it wouldn't yeah. be the Catholic view, but, no, no, yeah. but our church probably includes maybe a, a mixture yeah. of maybe those Reformed other three. Maybe yeah. I don't know about the Lutheran view that I maybe not. I, may, I don't know if anybody thinks that, but yeah. I think the other two, I think we have folks who certainly emphasize that do this in remembrance of me, but yeah. I think when we've taught, which we do as well, but I think when we've taught it, we're wanting to, th- we're wanting to lead. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want to persuade and lead towards an expectation of encountering the Lord in a meaningful way when we receive yeah. the Lord's Supper. That's not just, not, not, um, you know, I talk about Sunday. Some, some people want to go so far to avoiding the Roman Catholic view that right. it's almost like, don't even hint that Jesus right. is not here. Yeah. The, the one place we know he's not is in this room right now. <laughs> he stepped out because uh, yeah. he's a good Protestant, you know? <laughs> uh, so we don't want to give that uh, so idea. Good. We want to give, we want to say, hey, we're yeah. receiving. Let's let's humble ourselves. Let's, let's, you know, get our hearts right before the Lord and others as we freshly yeah. re- uh, remember what he has done for us and yeah. trust that um, the very thing signified forgiveness, adoption, justification, that, that the very thing signified that those truths will impact our soul, our yeah. mind, our affections in this moment. Yeah, for sure. By his spirit. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, because like you were saying, there's almost this temptation to demystify everything because mm-hmm. we're afraid of giving the wrong impression or yeah. of, you know, we have to make sure we don't look anything like Catholicism. Right. Yeah, we're, right. we're trying to get away from that, you know. Um, and the danger in doing that is that we remove all of, you know, what's special about it. What's, exactly. you know, it's a means of grace. It's, not, it, you know, we're not, it's not like we're gaining merit with God through of it. Course. It's not a sacrament, but, um, you know, the Lord is ministering to us through it. I, you know, we believe, Absolutely. you know, there's something real going on there. That's, it's beautiful. It's meaningful. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, yeah, uh, I think your explanation was really helpful in that. Thank you. And I think the same, we didn't talk about it. We have before, but I think baptism is, I, I try to encourage people who are being baptized that I can't say what's going to happen when you go under and come up out of the water. I can't, I, I'm, I don't know what the Lord's going to do, yeah. but let's have an expectation that God is going to meet you in a yeah. powerful way. And that I've had, I've had testimonies of people tell me, yes, I was obviously a believer beforehand, but after being uh, baptized, God, God did something in me. I mean, yeah. I thought the Lord did something. It was a season of renewing and mm-hmm. a vibrancy to my faith came out of that. There may be a number of reasons. Yeah. The boldness of confessing your faith, yeah. the, the humility of o- obeying right. uh, Christ and baptism. Um, th- there could be a number of things. Maybe there was something mentally happening where for you, that was a real ownership. But yeah. ultimately, I think it was looking to the Lord. What does the Lord do in baptism? It's right. what he does. Yeah. And so it's ultimately Ultimately, the Lord meeting us yeah. in, in that moment. And so, I, so I have, good. I want to have great faith that Absolutely. God's working. Absolutely. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, the overarching theme of, of Sunday really was the presence of God in the gathering. Right. Uh, uh, you know, what does it look like that, that God is with us as we gather? Um, and so last, let's, let's just touch on this. If it's true that God is present with us when we gather, you know, what can we be doing throughout the week to prepare for that gathering? How can we prepare uh, to encounter God through mm-hmm. that gathering. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that Sunday much, if at all. But <clears throat> one, as I said earlier, and I would just make an appeal, would you please pray as if, if you're an attender or a member or a friend of Grace Church, if you would pray um, for us, what, what we're wanting the Lord to do on Sundays is humanly impossible. Mm. Uh, it is to reveal himself 
Uh, it is to change our lives. It is yeah. to bring dead people to life, to yeah. uh, bring those who are in darkness into light, to bring hope to those who've had a week where they feel like they've lost all hope, mm. um, you know, yeah. because of the difficulties of their life. So we're asking the Lord to come and meet people. And um, we can't do that. I mean, you you led us in music and did a great job, led us in singing on Sunday. Yes. Thank you for doing that, Jared. Yeah. But you can't, you can play uh, I mean, this isn't a, it's not a cover band thing. Well, if I play the same chords that we heard on, you know, on the Chris Tomlin album or whatever, <laughs> the, God's going to do something amazing here. Yeah. It, the, it does, you know, no, it, the yeah. Lord has to meet us as we're singing. Yeah. Um, when we're praying for people at the end of the service, it's not like we have a magic phrase. We mm-hmm. don't, we don't have some kind of hocus pocus. If you yeah. use this phrase, God will do something. Yeah. That's, that's paganism. As if somehow, yeah, exactly. Somehow if we do the right things, we can manipulate God into yeah. doing what it's, we want him to do. That's paganism. No, we're saying, Lord, would you come and rescue, help this person in their point of need? We're crying out to God. So we need him. Mm. So if if you would during the week, um, please pray throughout the week uh, for those who will be leading in singing, uh, those who will be uh, speaking God's word, those who will be teaching and caring for our children who have a significant responsibility that that the Lord would give them um, uh, ability to teach God's word in a way that would be accessible for the kids. Uh, I pray every week for those who would come. We have probably people every week who don't know the Lord, that Mm -hmm. folks would meet Christ. So would you please pray for God through the preached word and through communion in particular and through singing and prayer and everything else through the spiritual gifts. Um, would you please, uh, pray for us and then think about coming to the prayer meeting at eight. There's a group that prays in what's called the prayer room upstairs. It's wide open. Anybody can come so you can pray at eight. So one would be pray throughout the week. Another one would be plan. You know, I think it's interesting. I don't really have a a exegetical biblical point here to make just an observation that the Jewish Sabbath went from sundown to sundown. And I think that's something good to think about for folks, especially people with young children Hmm. um, or people that like to hang out late on Saturday nights. Uh, (laughs) I I think it's worth thinking about um, that Sunday morning worship is affected by your Saturday night or can be affected by your Saturday night. What what does that mean? Well, if you've got kids to get ready, I think prep starts Saturday night, ideally. I mean, if we're all waking up at 830 for the nine o'clock service and we're, (laughs) you know, it's those Sundays when when you're late and haggard that you're yelling at the kids on the whole car ride in. Uh, yeah, the stereotypical yeah. walk in, oh, put yeah. on the smile, but yeah. we were just having a fight. Yeah, I told you not to wear those shoes. Oh, hi, Pastor Bob. <laughs> Praise the Lord in the lobby. You know, it, that kind of deal. There's a lot of that. A lot of that's our flesh, but a lot sure. of that can be avoided by good planning. Yeah. Everything's laid out the night before. We know what we're mm-hmm. going to do. We know what we're going to eat for breakfast. Uh, we know yeah. what we're, we, we have a plan. We know what time we're going to get up. Um, right. And I would say for other people as well, I know we have an 11 o'clock service so you can sleep in. And, and you know, I'm not saying these aren't rules. I'm not being legalistic here. But if it's, if it is this important that we encounter God, yeah. then I would say your Saturday night activities, your bedtime and things like that can affect that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, yeah, I, t- I just think it can. I just be I just be wise and be careful uh, yeah. on Saturday night, and in the sense that not be careful like uh, I'm. Oh boy, I don't. You know, I don't uh, like superstitious. Yeah, or not superstitious. Like that. Yeah, not that. <laughs> but just that. Just like, hey, if I was, if I had a, if I had a job interview tomorrow yeah. morning at nine o'clock. If I had Tuesday morning job interview at nine o'clock, what would I do on Monday night? Yeah. Would I wake up at eight thirty thinking, what do I wear for the interview? Yeah. Uh, would I? What time would I go to bed? Would yeah. I? Uh, this is this is that important. Yeah, that's good. I, I think that's helpful because I think, um, you know, we often take for granted what is happening. And I think that's kind right. of the point of, of this whole series is, is, you know, kind of recovering a biblical yeah. view and kind of that, that transcendent view of the gathering of the believers. You know, um, I think that's a good point of just how prepared would we be the night before a job interview yeah. versus how prepared are we to encounter the living God through the gathering of his children? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know, um, yeah. So I, to that point, man, that, that quote that you shared from R.C. Sproul, holy yeah. cow, that just really, I mean, that summed it up of just, you know, it's anything but, but boring. boring. Yeah. You know, if we, people, de- if we detect the yeah, presence of God, exactly. If we, if we know that he's there, you cannot be bored uh, with the presence of God. It's yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So to that, that just that night before preparation yeah. is so important. And then I might transition a little bit into, you know, preparing Sunday morning too. I, I understand if you've got young kids and you make it to the nine o'clock service, 
good on you, mm-hmm. mate. You know, uh, I, 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 that fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to heap any responsibility on a young mom and make her feel guilty because she didn't have her quiet time or something. Right. Um, but if there is a possibility at your stage of life and where you are to even briefly five minutes, mm-hmm. quiet in your heart before the Lord on Sunday morning, I think sometimes that, that helps us because I know I will come in. To, sometimes I've done this before. Um, if I'm not here, cause I'm, you know, it'd be a little weird if I was showing up, you know, 15 minutes <laughs> late into the service, I'm, you know, but I have gone to church when I'm at other churches where I'm visiting or whatever yeah. and come in a little rushed and haggard and distracted. Right. And if it's one of those deals where it takes, Hey, to the second or third song until I kind of calm down and can focus on what's happening here. Um, I'm not bringing the Lord worship and I'm not receiving what he has for me either, mm. you know? So what can I do to prepare uh, so that I'm unrushed and undistracted. Yeah. And so plan to be here early so that you can kind of maybe talk to somebody or um, or sit in the auditorium a few minutes by yourself and calm your heart if you would like, um, yeah. whatever. Uh, so I would say, you know, if the more you can come in in an unrushed, undistracted fashion, and I, I get life, but mm-hmm. if you can, uh, yeah. I think that helps. And then I would also say, what is the Lord saying to me during the sermon? I, I ta- uh, I'm for taking notes. If you're, if you're a note taker, that's fine. Um, I think so, I've actually heard some people say they, they do better if they don't take notes because they feel like they're really encountering the Lord better. I, yeah. I, I think if there's an in-between that I'd recommend, it's that if something is comes to you, it could be what the preacher says, it could be the verse, uh, or it could be how, how that application is for you to jot down even a few sentences, to yeah. type them in your phone, write them down. So maybe you don't come out with four pages of notes. If you do, that's great. But if you don't, maybe you come out with two sentences. But if you would act on the two sentences of what the Lord spoke to your heart, your life would change. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who takes, or gal who takes four notes and never looks at them, four pages of notes, you don't get anything. But yeah. So be focused on what is the Lord saying to me through the service and how can I uh, apply it? And and then, so I would say pray throughout the week, plan uh, the night before, prepare the day of. And mm-hmm. then since they're all starting with P, uh, I would do a post gathering application. So if you can get to a community group, if you're in one that week, it gives you an opportunity to walk out what you heard. So you're, yeah. you're preparing uh, throughout the week, you're preparing the morning of, you're engaging what's happening there. And then... Um, plan to respond afterwards. Another way to plan to respond afterwards is to uh, fellowship even after the service. Um, Mm. So when Jeff preached two weeks ago, uh, I don't do this when I preach, uh, but when he preached two weeks ago, my conversation afterwards was I was engaging and sort of volunteering and sharing uh, with some friends who were talking what I got out of it and saying, wow, you know, here's what the, here's what my eyes are really open to this morning. And and they were doing the same. So just say, what'd you get out of it instead of, uh, uh, you know, uh, did you, did you, did you, you know, did you notice, uh, that was really an ugly shirt the preacher had? Like, <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. I don't know if you saw on social media, but, uh, yeah. on the Grammys, the Jonas Brothers played. Oh yeah. There you I go. actually saw it. Did it, you? It was good. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was very oh, good. But, good. but what was on social media was one of them. I forget which one. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they're all dreamy. You don't know. They're all dreamy. But whatever. <laughs> no, one of them had a piece of like lettuce or something, no, something green in his tooth. No, and so he didn't. while they were on stage, someone blew it up and put it oh, on so- no. social media. And yet when they were singing, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought they were cheesy when they were younger, but this was a good performance where they did the sure. whole room is standing up and celebrating. And yeah. on social media, no one caught this celebration of whatever they were singing. I didn't yeah. know the song, but everyone on social media caught, did you see that this guy had something green in his tooth to which he had a great response? Well, at least it's proof that I eat my greens. Hey, there you go. That's but anyway, hilarious. so that's the same thing. Let, yeah. They didn't, they missed the moment and right. picked on the trivia. So on yeah. a Sunday, what did God speak to me? Not, yeah. uh, you know, or that boy, I do say this to you, great guitar part. And there's a place <laughs> for that. But I, if all I got was great guitar part, I missed the presence of God, you know? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Well, yeah, no offense. <laughs> that's uh, so good, anyway. man. No, that's great. A really good overview. Can I add one more thing? Oh, you can add um, anything. No, anything. I'm, I'm out of wow. stuff. We're talking about uh, the presence of God, and I'm now down to the Jonas Brothers. Uh, and, yeah, you're and running out of material, teeth. man. I'm out of material, so you go. <laughs> no, uh, one other way that I found is helpful is Tim does a really good job of putting out a uh, music blog. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, there's some weeks he doesn't get to it, but I think a lot of the time, He's pretty consistent and uh, he just kind of writes up here the songs for this weekend. You know, uh, these are the songs that we're going to be singing on Sunday morning. Here's a little blog of kind of thematically what that might look like. And 
uh, just that's another way to be mindful of what's coming up this week and, you know, this coming weekend as we gather. These are the songs we're going to sing together. And, um, you know, just another way of preparing your heart, preparing your mind and just being uh, ready for Sunday morning. I think that's a good way of doing it. Oh, that's a great. And that and that comes out uh, if I've seen that it comes out on like, does that mention on Twitter or something or something? It's on yeah, social yeah, media yeah. if we, it comes we out. We try and post it every time it comes out. It's usually Fridays. Okay. Uh, but I don't think we've been as consistent okay. as we could be. We, we need to be more consistent, I think, in posting it. But um, I know that the, it's available online for you to subscribe Ab- to the feed absolutely. if you want it in your email and whatnot. But oh, that's uh, great. That's one way. Yeah. Yeah. That is good to knowing ahead. That is very helpful. Yeah, to, for to sure. Ahead, so. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jared. And it's uh, thanks for uh, walking this walk together. And yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see what the Lord does in our church as we've been focusing. And yeah, in ways. absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited about it and excited for the future. And um, it's good, man. Um, hey, is there anything upcoming you want to talk about? Well, it depends on when you're listening to this podcast. It comes oh, out Saturday. Uh, it comes out Wednesday morning. That's right. What time does it usually drop? Uh, first thing in the morning, because I'll I'll upload it tonight. So technically, you know, here's a little tip. Oh. You can listen to it tonight if you want to. And on Tuesday night, very late if you like. Wow. Okay. I know. And, and on iHeartRadio. I know. It's, it's crazy. Just it's it's basically, you know, however you want it, you can get it. Yeah, it's we, amazing. We're here to serve. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you hear this before Wednesday night, the 29th at 7 p.m., yes. then you could come to the family informational meeting. We're going to have a meeting where we, uh, we're going to give a very brief sharing on a couple of uh, church policies. We're going to update the church on that would be helpful, but that's super brief. Most of the time we're going to talk, it's not going to be a real long meeting, but we're going to talk about, um, a, a group, a new group, mm-hmm. uh, called Trinity fellowship churches. Jeff is part of that. He talked with us last week on the podcast. So yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about that. Who is this group? Yeah. Uh, and what have we done to explore them? Why would we even explore a new group? We're going to yeah. talk about that. And then we're going to send out some info. I don't know if we'll have info that we hand out. We may email. We're going to email some info that people can look at. And then we're going to meet again on February the 15th on a Saturday night. And if you have questions about um, the statement of faith or the book of church order that they have or kind of how they do uh, their um, denominational affiliation, I guess you could say, um, we're going to have a guy who's involved in really spearheading the beginning of the group named Ian McConnell. He'll be with us the weekend, Valentine's weekend. So we'll have him on the 15th. And um, part of what I'd like to do is have some Q&A with him. So if you have questions about a group, let's ask somebody from the group. And, uh, so we'll, we'll do, we'll do that. So this will be kind of a two part family informational meeting. The first one will be to introduce and send you out or email you some, some stuff. And then the next week, uh, two weeks later, uh, we'll get together again, uh, two and a half weeks with Ian. So that's coming up. And this Sunday we're going to talk about scattered worship, Mm -hmm. which is maybe how you felt sometimes as a worship leader, right? (laughs) Gathered worship and scattered worship. Uh, Yeah, this is so scattered. Uh, so we're gonna talk about scattered worship, meaning, uh, so you have to come on Sunday and find out what that means. Ooh, very, ooh. It's not a biblical term and that you won't, if you, if you look in your, if you Google your Bible or whatever and look at your Bible app for uh, scattered worship, I don't think you'll find it. Neither is Trinity. Yeah, neither. Well, well said. Thank you very much. There you go. Yeah, well said. (laughs) Hey, well, thank you for your time, Craig. And thank you for dealing with my random questions. No, these are good. Thank you. Probing into you as a preacher. That's why we are here to, to, to share. And so thank you for doing that. Very good. Well, uh, like Craig was saying, we hope to see you at the family meeting on Wednesday, the 29th. So that'll be tonight. If you're listening to this Wednesday morning, uh, and, uh, we'll see you there. If not, we'll see you Sunday morning. Uh, and, uh, we hope that this podcast blesses you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.